Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the healthcare needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. Welcome to Health Matters at BU Sargent College. It's with great pleasure that I introduce Gail Orsman, the Associate Dean of Academic Affairs and a professor at Sargent College. And Gail, um, I hope you can give us a little bit more detail, actually a lot more detail about you and some of the research that you've been doing. So welcome. Thank you, Karen. I'm glad to be here. I am trained as a clinical and developmental psychologist, but I have been here at Boston University as a member of the occupational therapy department for about 20 years. Um, and so I have been focusing my research during this time on adolescents and adults on the autism spectrum and their family members. So I started this research as a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Weisman Center, where I was involved in a longitudinal study where we followed families of adolescents and adults with autism. Uh, for 12 years, we had about 400 families, 200 families were in Wisconsin and 200 were in Massachusetts, and we followed them for 12 years and learned a lot about how autism symptoms change through adolescence and adulthood and what um, the potential impact is on families. And during that study, I started focusing on siblings. And that's where um, part of my research right now still focuses. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, in a few minutes. The other part of my research right now is focused on high school students on the autism spectrum, particularly those who are planning to graduate with a regular diploma. So you've got two projects. Go ahead. You've got two projects we can talk about. So which one would you like to begin with? So let's start with the one about adult siblings. Great. So, great, thank you. So in the longitudinal study that I was involved in um, starting as a postdoc, we did quite a bit of research with adult siblings who had a brother or sister on the autism spectrum. And we found that they really wanted to be more involved in planning for the future than um, they were really kind of let let me repeat that. They really wanted to be more involved with their family members in planning for the future. They knew from a young age that 
they would have to be there for their brother or sister on the autism spectrum in some way. Yet their family often did not talk about this expected responsibility. When we talked with parents, they expressed that they often had difficulty thinking about the future, as a lot of people do, but also that they didn't want to place a potential burden on the sibling. Um, as the sibling was in their young adulthood and middle adulthood and working on their education and career and family. So oftentimes this uh, future responsibility really was not talked about. So the current project we have is funded by the National Institutes of Health, um, specifically the National Institute on Mental Health, and we're, we've been developing an online program. It's very apropos in this time. We've been using Zoom for about a year and a half. And the adult siblings are participating in a program to help them work with their families to plan for the future. And so we are giving the adult siblings skills and knowledge and work very individually with them to help them think about what their goal is for the future and how they can approach their family members about that goal. And so right now we're in the last phase of that grant where we're doing a small randomized controlled trial, which means that half of the participants get the program and the other half are randomly assigned to an information only um, condition where we have provide information to them about adult services. We're partnering with a community organization, the ARC. So the program is being delivered by our community service providers. And the program is either six or seven sessions, depending upon whether the adults on the spectrum also participates in the program. Gail, do you have any um, preliminary um, results from the study? That's a great question. So before this randomized control trial phase, we conducted what we called an open trial with five participants where we conducted the program with them and got their feedback along the way as well as feedback from the pro program facilitators, the community service providers. And so we do have some anecdotal information from that open trial um, that participants felt that the program met their needs, they engaged in it, they made progress towards their individualized goals, and um, it seemed to work really, really well. Uh, watching some of those sessions was um, really powerful. These siblings are signing up to do something that's really challenging for them, but rewarding in the end when they do the work. And um, when you're collecting this data, are parents also um, part of this at all? Are you asking questions of them too? That's a great, that's a great question. So, they're not involved directly in the sessions, but the whole program is 
framed as a family program in that the siblings are given tools and skills to approach their primarily parents about the topic. So the whole goal is to engage the whole family in this process and to help the family members have alignment in their goals for the future. So what we heard previously from siblings were things like they either didn't know what the long-term plans were, or sometimes they even had a different vision for their role than their parent had expressed. And so the, the overarching goal of the program is to try to help the family members have those conversations about what their expectations are and ultimately that everybody will know what the expectations and plan is and that everybody will be in agreement with them. Yeah, the outcome sounds so important and that communication is so key. It really is and it's really, really hard for siblings to start those conversations. So one of the things we found early on in this project is that we really needed to individualize the program to wherever the sibling or family was in this process. So for some siblings, they're at a point where they need to start the conversation and they don't know how to do this with their parents. You know, they might've tried before and their parents said, oh, we'll get to that later. Um, I have it all figured out. Uh, so the, some siblings, their whole program goal is to have a conversation or series of conversations about the future. Other siblings um, and families have done a lot more planning. So another participant in our open trial study wanted to create a book, um, a binder of all the resources that her mother knew about. Um, so all of her brother's care providers and services and all of the information that was in the mother's you know, head and her knowledge. And so the sibling, they worked well together and the communication piece wasn't set so much the challenge. It was just the sibling wanted to have something tangible to be prepared. Yeah, I'm so excited about this project because um, it's really important. And I think that um, once you have this trial uh, completed and, you know, have the results and, and publish it, uh, a lot of people are going to, um, I think, feel really um, grateful uh, to see how this process worked and what, what might work for their own families. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's very empowering to the sibling to feel like they can say what they want and envision um, rather than have the family come to a point where there needs to be a quick decision made and there hasn't been planning. So it's been really rewarding uh, to see just the participants that have gone through the program already and um, how they've benefited. Well, thank you. So now, you have a second study, a uh, body of, of research, and I think we'll have enough time for you to discuss that too. So can you share with us what that is all about? Sure. So that study is funded by the Institutes of Education, 
um, Educational Sciences, so IES, it's part of the U.S. Department of Education. And it's focused on, as I said, high school students on the autism spectrum who are graduating with a regular high school diploma. So through our previous research, we, and research by other people, we've seen that some young adults on the autism spectrum who have really excellent skills and um, what some people might consider um, are, are less impacted by autism, they still really have challenges in young adulthood either when they attend college or in their workplace. And so we're looking at what is going on in high school to help prepare these students for their lives after high school. And we're focusing specifically on students who plan to graduate with a regular diploma because they, they may not be getting all the services that students who have um, greater impacts from autism are. So these students are typically in general education classes with their peers. They have average or above IQ. They're, most of them are planning to go to college. And the challenge for schools is that these students, as I said, are in general education classes. So it's hard to figure out when and how to provide them with the services or supports that they may need to succeed in adulthood. So the first parts of this study have been to find out what schools are doing um, to prepare these students. And so we did focus groups with school personnel in Massachusetts, and then we did a survey with over 100 school personnel in Massachusetts. And the, the, some of the results from the survey are about to be published in the Journal of Special Education Leadership. We just had a manuscript accepted in that journal that describes the types of services provided to these students. And one takeaway from that paper is that the students are getting support in academics, which is largely appropriate. So they're getting support focused on helping them to organize and to, a lot of it has to do with executive function um, challenges they have. So plan and organize and follow through where they're not getting so much um, focus on services are things like self-advocacy and disclosure, which for these students is really important if they're going to college or to the workplace. So we've been able to identify some areas where perhaps these students need more support. Right now in that study, we're also conducting a longitudinal study where we're recruiting high school students, um, any grade at this point, and we're collecting data from them and their parents. And then 12 to 18 months later, we are returning to them to find out um, for those who have exited school, what they are doing and how they're doing so that we can look at which factors best predict their outcomes. Uh, so that part of the study is um, just, you know, 
ongoing. We're collecting our data. Uh, again, luckily, most of that study was online to begin with, so we're able to continue with that study even in this time when we can't do any in-person uh, research. Yeah, these are both very important um, studies, and congratulations on your um, article that will be shortly published. Um, Thank you. If people want to learn more about what you're doing, do you have a website you could share? Definitely. So we have a website for my research lab, which is the Families and Autism Research Lab at Boston University. And the website is www.bu.edu slash autism connections. And on this website, we have more information about the study about high school students. It's called the Road Ahead Study. Um, we have more information about the sibling research. That project is called Siblings Forward. And we also have a list of publications from the projects and some other reports that we've uh, created to share with um, the general community. Great, Gail. Thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of Health Matters. And I hope our listeners will go to your website because it has such informative information uh, that may help you know, one of their siblings or someone that they, they know um, or uh, one of their children that may be you know, looking at this transition period. So thanks again for being on this episode. Thank you, Karen.